Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is dedicated in loving memory of Estelle Berger, Alea Shalom, Leilui Nishmat Esther Bat Shmuel, sponsored by Karen and Joe Shabbat. Breakfast is dedicated also for the Rufuashinama and successful surgery of Esther Bat Niza, sponsored by Murray Dayan, and as well dedicated in honor of the Kahal, sponsored by Yossi Mazig on his birthday, Azaku Baruch, that we should only spend uh, many happy occasions together. As well, we have Bezat Hashem Lezechut for Rufuashinama. Rachel Batsara, Bezat Hashem, who has a Nidzi Yeshua today, and Rafu Hashem, inshallah, we should be zochet to lend our mitzvot and our zechuyot to all those who need them and uh, uh, all the critical moments of their life. The Pasuk says, Avraham uh, was getting older, he was getting on in his days. Now, the Olaf uh, Sifarim tell us that what does it mean that when he was getting on in his days? It just means that he was getting old, you know? But rather they say, Babayami means he was coming with his days. Um, the, the Gemara gives an expression when it talks about a person going to Shamaim at the end of his life. It says, Ashrei mi lekan v'talmudo biyado. Praiseworthy is he who comes to Shamaim v'talmudo and his study is biyado, it's in his hand. Some people could come to, bet, to the bet olam, to the, uh, to the next world. They could come with their mesechet gemara under their arm, talmudo biyado. And some people could come, as the Sifarim say, babi yamin. Avraham came with each day, came with calendars that were ex off yani. Each day of his entire life was escorting him through the highest realms of heaven. And he turned up not just with malachim, but with days. Days that he had used completely and utterly in the right way. Now I want to share with you just a, a small idea of what this looks like. Because you know, for all of us today, in the worlds that we live in, no matter what we look like, whether we're uh, very religious, not so religious, men, women, you know, older, younger, there's a line that you hear everybody say, I have no time. If someone's supposed to do something and they tell you, you know, I'm really sorry, I didn't get the job done, I'm very busy. You have any pity on the guy? You look at the guy with a little bit of disdain and you say to yourself, he's busy. What am I, chopped liver, right? I'm also busy, everybody's busy. In fact, I once read it in a magazine that I saw on an airplane called Entrepreneur, that the last thing that anyone at any job wants to hear as an excuse is, I was too busy. Because they're also busy, everybody's busy. Our world is designed to constantly automate the things that we do in order to give us more time, right? That's how our world works. It used to be that you had to walk wherever you're going, then we have cabs. That took too long to flag a cab in New York City, because if you remember the days, by the way, there was once a time when you'd be sitting there on the street, you could sit for a half hour waiting for a cab, right? Remember that? And the guy would pull up to you, and he would say, where are you going? And you'd say, I'm going to 3rd Avenue and 80th. The guy's like, no, no, thank, no, no, I'm not want to go there. It was amazing. The guy would decide, could you imagine any other business working like that? You go to a hotel, and the guy says, how long do you want to stay? And you'd be like, oh, I want to stay three days. Oh, what are you, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm on vacation. Oh, we don't want people on vacation. Like, that's the, that was the level of the way taxi cabs and the medallions were back before Uber and before Lyft and before these other things. So we create an opportunity to be able to have someone stand outside and pick you up the minute, the minute you want. You can even schedule your ride on Uber today, where you're able to say at one o'clock someone should be at my door, as if Uber is your own personal driver. Then you have Instacart to deliver your groceries to your home. 
Then you have someone, uh, another, what's it called? Task rabbit, where if you don't want to get your hands dirty or your nails broken, someone will come and empty the rat trap from your basement. Another person will come and paint your garage. Another person will come. This is how it works. You don't have to move furniture anymore. You don't need to fix a creaky door. Everyone, everything is done on your phone. So we should have hundreds of extra hours every single, every month. Hours that we don't even know what to do with, right? Because of all these things that are now automated. You know, who goes to the bank anymore? Obviously, in businesses, sometimes you need to make deposits. But for my personal banking, you, you used to have to go and deposit checks and pick up checks and make, deposit, make withdrawals. All of these things, they exist on your phone now. So where are the hundreds of extra hours that we've created? The fascinating thing is, we are more busy now than we've ever been with less things to do than we've ever had to do. The refrain, I have no time, is something that everybody says. But the real, I think, the challenge of emulating Avraham Avinu Alava Shalom is to come Baba Yamim to say to God, here's my Sunday, and this is how little scrolling I did. It's amazing. In Shamaim, much of the uh, challenges, the nisyonot of the, the days gone by are now changed. It used to be you had to come and give din v'cheshbon on what you did with, uh, with, uh, with money, what you did with the woman, what you did with uh, your friend, what you did with your children, what you did. Today, you're going to have to, tomorrow, you're going to have to give din v'cheshbon. Did you go like this with your finger? Or did you go like this with your finger? Did you double tap this thing? Did you go into that thing? Did you go over there? Did you, did you swipe, you know, a $50 check to Sedaqah? That's how it's going to work. Hashem is going to look at your fingers and He's going to see all of the swipes that you made when you banked, when you went here, when you went there, when you searched, when you searched for three days to find a vacation. But when it came for Sedaqah, after one minute you were too busy. Or someone came, a child came to ask you and said, Dad, I need some time. And you said to him, I'm very busy. But Hashem says, I checked your screen time on your iPhone and you read 17 irrelevant articles that you didn't need to read. Could you imagine that? And you know what I find is even more fascinating about the human condition? You have a child who desperately wants to connect with their father, a wife who desperately wants to connect with her husband, but instead of us connecting with that wife or child, what will we do? We'll read an interesting article or watch a heartwarming video of a father connecting with his child. Or of the importance. We'll watch and forward a video of the importance of spending time with your wife at the expense of spending actual time with your actual wife. This is an unbelievable thing. Baba Yamim. Abraham came and every day, every day he was able to come to God and what's it called? And, and put it through. Now, there's very few things in this world that are as terrifying as being audited. Correct? All of a sudden, you have to come up with every single uh, receipt for everything that you did. If you, what's it called, you spent the money, you have to be able to show every single thing back for It's a scary thing. It's a big endeavor. The bigger your family, the bigger your business, the scarier a tax audit can be. Rabotai. They pale in comparison to the audit that's going to take place when we go to Shamayim. Hashem is going to say, okay, show me your receipts for Monday. Where are the receipts for Tuesday? I need, I need 12, uh, sorry, 24 major receipts 
And in each one of those receipts, I need a 60-line breakdown. <laughs> Could you imagine that? God's going to ask us, okay, you know how in court, in these dramas that you watch on TV, they say, where were you on the night of November the 22nd at 8 p.m.? And the guy thinks, how am I supposed to know where I was November 22nd at 8 p.m.? Hashem's going to say, after you don't know 8 p.m., Hashem's, okay, what about 8.01? What about 8.02? We're going to have to give God a reckoning for every minute and every hour that God blessed us with on this good earth. So I say to myself, just like every other mitzvah and every other chiyuv in the Torah, maybe let's not start with all of the minutes. Maybe let's first start with a few important minutes. I want you to think this week, every night before you go to bed, what did I do today that made it worth the fact that God gave me this day? I want you to come at the end, just try it for one week. A unique kind of cheshbon nefesh a cheshbon of days. What did I do today that it was worth me waking up this morning? Going to work doesn't count, mechila. All you did was sustain yourself for another day. That doesn't inherently make money. That's kind of like someone said to me, Rabbi, what do you mean it was important? I lived my life today. I said, you know what that's like? That's like a guy saying to you, I bought this watch for $50. I sold it for $50. I got to keep the lights on. Dib. You know that Jackie Mason used to say, uh, there's a guy, every Jewish guy likes to say how cheap they got something. So one guy says to his friend, he says, I know a guy, he sells you a watch, he says, 50% off. The other guy says, 50% off? I know a guy who sells you a watch, 90% off. The guy says, 90% off. The guy says, I know a guy who sells watch, I can buy watches at cost. The guy says, at cost? At cost? How does he make money? The guy says, sells a lot of watches. Right, Rabotai? It don't matter how many watches you sell. If you're selling them at cost, you ain't making money. But that is us. We will run on repeat day after day after day after day, getting through the day, being as polite as we can, but not actually ever moving the needle into the profit section. What did I do today that was worthwhile me living this day? There's an amazing ma'aseh, Rabotai. It was a young boy who unfortunately, every single member of his family passed away in the, in the Milchama, in the war, in the Holocaust, uh, unfortunately. The Nazis, Yemach Shemam, took everybody from him. He arrives at the shores of America with a little tiny bag, and he's a teenage boy. He doesn't know where to go, he doesn't know what to do, he doesn't know how to rebuild, so he thinks to himself, where could I go without knowing anybody, where maybe I'll find a bed, maybe I'll find a purpose to life, he hears about a certain yeshiva. There's a yeshiva that takes in boys that survived the war. So he figures out how to make his way. Haddad doesn't have a phone or Uber, right? He has to walk there. He needs to get a train. He needs to bum a ride. He eventually figures out how to get to this yeshiva. What does he have in his bag? He has two shirts. Sorry, one shirt. One shirt, the shirt that he's wearing on his back. And he has one shirt nicely folded in his plastic bag that carry all of his earthly possessions. His other shirt is the shirt that he has reserved for Shabbat. He gets to this yeshiva, Rabotai, and he figures, at least if I have nothing left in this world, maybe I could build for myself a new thing, a new world, a new family, a new life.
But if order, in order to do that, I have to give it my all. So he puts all of his strength into his studies. He's studying day in, day out, nonstop. Time goes by, Rabotai. And eventually, what happens, of course, first to his regular shirt. And then eventually to his Shabbat shirt. Starts wearing through. You can't wear a shirt every single day without it getting holes in it, without it getting worn out. Baruch Hashem, again, we don't live in that world anymore. Is anyone here, when was the last time you took a suit or a shirt to a tailor to be patched? There's a hole, throw it out. That's what we live in. This guy, he's got one shirt. So he doesn't know what to do. He can't afford to have it patched. The holes are getting too big. He decides to himself, you know what? I'll wear my Shabbat shirt during the week. What can I do? It has less holes, but the holes get bigger. Two years, three years, how long can he wear a shirt every day? He comes up with a great trick. If I wear my jacket closed, no one can see that my shirt has holes in it. And I won't be humiliated, I won't be embarrassed. I'll be able to save face with my friends. Murabotai, that made sense in the Bet Midrash where everyone is studying with the jacket on. But in the lunch hall, everyone would go downstairs, they would take their jackets off in the summer. He felt so embarrassed to be downstairs, the only guy wearing his jacket. It's obvious that maybe he's hiding something. So he came up with a brilliant plan. Everybody in the yeshiva, they would take off their tefillin slowly, they're schmoozing, they're this, they're that. He said, you know what? If I say, if I take off my tefillin towards the end of the prayers, and by the time everyone finishes Alenu Shabbat, at the last word of Alenu Shabbat, I'm already uh, at the door and ready to be downstairs. I can gain an extra five minutes. If I gain an extra five minutes, then all the lines of getting the food that you know, I normally have to wait on, I don't have to wait on the first guy down. If I'm the first guy down, I could be eating my breakfast and upstairs before half the people even get down. And no one will notice that oddly enough, I'm still wearing my jacket. I won't be embarrassed. Exactly like this, that's what happened. Every day, he's waiting. I'm sure lots of people looked at this guy and they said, look at this guy, Hada. He's running away from davening. A lot of times we judge people and we think we know exactly what's going on. Now look at him. He has no, they would say in Yiddish, zitzflesh. He can't sit for three minutes for tefillah. You know, you would yell at the guy. Meanwhile, Hada is doing it to protect or preserve what shred of dignity he has left, even though his shirt is torn in shreds. He goes downstairs, the guy realizes that with all the time he saves from the line, from the this, from the that, the fact that at the breakfast table, he doesn't have anyone to talk to, because he's first, means that he's upstairs. By the time he gets upstairs, he's carved out for himself an additional time slot of 15 minutes. He's got 15 minutes he's never had before. What would I do? I'd put my head on my stender, get in a quick nap before first later. That's what I would have done. I can't tell you. You don't understand the ability a yeshiva bachar has to fall asleep in any matzav whatsoever. I have seen guys in yeshiva growing up, they were able to sleep standing up. I'm not joking. How would they do it? They wouldn't fall down. They would angle themselves by the, what's it called? By the corner of the bookshelf, leaning back a little bit like this. So that if they fell, they would be falling into the crack of the bookshelf. And a guy who's spending all his time learning, he has five minutes, he could catch up on a little bit of sleep before his next there. that's what they would do. Unbelievable. I, I've, I'd see this all the time. So that's what I would have done probably. Grab a little bit of sleep so I'd be up for the next seder. Had that this guy was built maybe of a little bit more better stuff than, we, than I or you. 
He said, if I have 15 minutes, I'm going to make it count. So while I'm learning all the regular things here, I'm going to learn quickly. I'm going to try and cover a lot of ground. That 15-minute session became uh, one masechet. He finished. And then another masechet. And then another masechet. And then he thought to himself, you know, if I could finish, maybe I could finish all of Shas. Maybe I could finish Puski. Maybe I could review my learning. Slowly but surely, the guy became a Talmid Chacham par excellence in all of Torah because of 15 minutes. This is what he's got. Okay? Shh. 15 minutes. That's what he's got. And those 15 minutes turned him into an unbelievable Tamil Chacham. People start hearing who he is. He gets a very important girl. They're suggesting to him. He marries into a wonderful family. There's a little bit of a, a, you know, help from the family. He has an interesting idea to be able to do some business on the side while he's studying. His business takes off because he's got the backing of his father-in-law who wanted to get such an important son-in-law. And slowly but surely, the guy has an enormous business. He is rich beyond imagination. He's got Torah like you can't compare. In the words of the Gemara, Torah ubdullah b'makom echad. Why? Because of 15 minutes. Why? Because of two shirts. And I want to read you something. It is a magnificent piece. I need to read this to you. At the end of his life, this man, he, had to, he passed away. And the children who, who were survived by him, they opened up his will after he passed away. And on the first lines of the will, they saw something strange, some sort of uh, uh, riddle that they couldn't figure out. It took them a little bit of time to be able to figure out what their, God, what their father wanted. I'm going to read you what the father wrote in his will. He wrote, Banai my dear sons, in my safe you will find two shirts that are literally in ribbons. They're only, there's more holes than, than material. There's, I beg of you, when you take these two shirts, hang them in the middle of the house. They have a palace for a house. Hang them in the middle of the house. And when everyone comes in to what's it called? To be Menachem Avel, to be Shiva. I was a very well-known person. Everyone will see these two shirts that are torn to shreds. They're a little bit, uh, you know, they're a little bit surprised. But then they read on, and then they can't believe what they're reading. He says, and not only do I want you to hang these shirts that are torn apart in the middle of the house, hanging for the golden chandelier, I want you to put on each shirt, I want you to put little tags on the shirt. On one of the shirts, I want you to write Zevachim. And another one of the shirts, I want you to write Menachot. And everyone's going to ask, what's going on? How come this shirt says Zevachim, and that shirt says Menachot, and the other one has on the back Berachot, and the other one has on the back of it Sukkah? What's going on? People are going to ask. And he says, and that is my intention, that you should tell everyone that comes to pay a shiva call, the Musar Haskel, the, uh, the great teachings that can be taken uh, for our lives from these shirts on the importance of time because of those shirts I managed to find an extra 15 minutes and because of those 15 extra minutes that I thought to use every second of I wound up learning an unbelievable amount of Torah 
And because of the Torah that I studied, I wound up getting an absolutely amazing Shiduch said to me, the most wonderful woman, the most supportive woman, the most fantastic father-in-law. All of that because of 15 minutes. Let these shirts be a witness. Rabutai, I thought to myself, as I read this, and I'm not going to take you through the rest of it, because it's a strange story, but the idea to me is incredibly powerful. You don't need shirts to make 15-minute slots. And I don't think his intention was that everyone should find a shirt that was ripped. You can create these moments, these oases of calm in your day, where you're focusing on doing something. Whether those 15 minutes are spent studying Torah online or with the Chavruta, whether those 15 minutes are spent calling up each member of your family at night and saying, just for two minutes, how was your day? Everything okay? Just want to check in on you. What an unbelievable investment that time can be. Abraham Avinu can come to God, Baba Yamim, and say, this is why Sunday was worthwhile, and this is why Monday was worthwhile. The only question I think that remains for people is to think ahead and not behind. Whenever we think behind, it doesn't work. And I read a line, and I shared this line this week in the Shi'ur. It was unbelievable for me. It's a line from Rav Emanuel Bernstein. He says, every one of us goes to a Shi'ur or reads something or learns something or notices something that is an unbelievable Musar for them. They're like, wow, that's fantastic. And he says, and that can even become Somehow, these great ideas become part of our moral dictionaries, but still don't make it to our diaries. One more time. Some of these words or concepts or ideas become part of our moral dictionaries, but do not make it to our diaries. Time is funny like this. It's like muktzeh. Time is like mukseh. How is time like mukseh? If you walk into Shabbat and something wasn't set aside, you know what happens? It has no purpose on Shabbat. You can't touch it. If you set it aside before Shabbat, you say, this is what I'm going to use this for. This is how I'm going to be able to you know, uh, achieve this item. I want to take this rock, which is mukseh. I'm going to use it on Shabbat as a paperweight. The halakha is, it's not mukseh. You set it aside. Time is like that. If you don't set it aside, you can't touch it that day. And if you set it aside, you have full usage of that time. Ba bayamim. What are you going to do? I loved one idea, and I'll end with this. The word ba bayamim, Abraham zaken, it says, ba bayamim. The word ba to me says something magnificent. How does someone come with their days? How does someone bring a day to God and say, this day was worthwhile? How does he do that? The letters of ba are the hint themselves. It's spelled with the letters Aleph Bet. It starts by asking yourself, what can I do? The smallest, the most initial, the earliest stages. I'm not even telling you to finish Shas in the day. I'm telling you to do Aleph Bet, something tiny. And once a person recognizes the value of time, suddenly all the things that are trying to hijack your time away from you, start to be seen as your enemy and you start fighting back and you start setting time limits on the time wasters and increasing time on the things that you want to do. Some of the most successful people in the world have decided to do something very interesting. 
decide if you like their politics or their businesses, but you cannot disagree with the fact that someone like Mark Zuckerberg has created a revolution in our world. Again, positive or negative, not the point. President Obama and Mark Zuckerberg share something in common. Again, you might not like President Obama, but that doesn't negate this point. Do you know what they shared in common, along with many other very successful people? They do not pick out their clothes in the morning. Do you know that? You know that? They don't pick out their clothes in the morning. Why not? Because that takes time. That is a second or a minute of time that I don't need to waste of my life. And every day if you do something for a couple of minutes, for the duration of your whole life, that adds up to a tremendous amount of time. So saving one minute, saving two minutes of a day, extrapolated over your entire lifetime is something magnificent, Rabotai. And if we can try and recapture that time, it's like we're buying back time of life for ourselves, of things that we can do with achievement. What's the problem with most people? The problem with most people is the time that we save, we give away to something else that is stupid. So deciding ahead of time that I want to take 10 minutes away from my day to do this super important thing. Which 10 minutes is it going to be? How are you going to carve that out? What are you going to do a little bit faster? What are you going to neglect to do in order? What are you going to decide? I'm not going to look at X. I'm not going to look at my social media at lunchtime until I've said three chapters of Tehillim. You'll find it remarkable how quickly you'll say those three chapters just in order to get to your feet. Rabotai, this is how we have to trick ourselves. Baba Yamim, start with something tiny, with Aleph Bet, and ultimately you'll come to God with your days in tow, being able to illustrate to Hashem how valuable each and every day was. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Charanya Ben Akasha Omer.